0: Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time... It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media.
1: Here we are in the second hour. So you know what that means because it's Thursday. Thursday with Dr. Z. For those of you who are unfamiliar, I don't know how I could be, but for those of you who are unfamiliar, Dr. Z is the executive director for Sunrise Community of Pennsylvania. She is a lifelong student of human behavior and social interaction with well over 15 years of experience as an accomplished trainer, professional speaker, and supervisor in the field of human services. Well, guess what? She has brought a friend with her today. Yes, she has. And her friend is none other than Aronissa Harris, who is the founder and CEO of Harris and Associates Financial Coaching Agency and the Money Clinic, LLC. I love that name. I love that name. (laughs) She has been a licensed insurance professional since 1998. Yes. And she is registered with FINRA and The Securities and Exchange Commission, meaning she is licensed to sell investment securities, mutual funds, annuities, IRAs, and retirement accounts, just to name a few family, okay? (laughs) But they're here to talk with us about... You know, the financial unknowns and about being prepared for all of that good stuff. So, family, I invite you to the conversation with our very own beloved Dr. Z and our new family member, Aranissa Harris. Ooh, oh, look at that. Now, see, that's what happens when you don't do what you're supposed to. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello there, lady. Hello, <laughs> you. Hello, Doctor Zay. What are you doing over there in the bathroom? Oh my what gosh! Was- <laughs> I don't
2: know what happened. I was like, oh my gosh! I like go no, by mistake, but I'm back. Hi, Aranessa. Hi, oh, Carol.
1: Hi, like Carol. Hi there. I just knew you were in a panic. I said, I know <laughs> she isn't a panic. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay because no one <coughs> bugged me. me. I said, I it out. Yep.
2: going to rip it out. Yes. <laughs> hello, everyone.
1: Hello. Hello. Hi. So, Dr. Z, as, as in true fashion, you know, Dr. Z gets us together. So, she has brought, like I said, our new family member, Aranissa, to help us with our uh, financial education, our financial literacy, as they call it, right? Yes. I like it. Yes. <laughs> so, Dr. Z, take it away.
2: Yes, hello everyone again. I am so excited today um, to have my sister, my friend, um, my colleague in so many different ways with us today um, as we engage in a conversation that a lot of us don't like to talk about, expecting Mm -hmm. the unexpected, right? Death, dying, illness, sickness, how do we prepare for that? Sometimes right. things happen and we're not prepared. We don't know what to do. We don't have finances in order. We're running around trying to figure out how to fix while also dealing with the tough issue that we're going through at that time. And so I thought today would be a good day to have a hard conversation for some people around preparing for the unknown. And so as I thought about that, I said, who would be good? And I thought of my sister friend, (laughs) Erin, so she joins us today.
3: (laughs) Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. We
1: are delighted to have you. Visit Um, with us. Let me tell you, this is a conversation that I think we should all have. Not only should we all have it, but we should, it's a recurring conversation actually because things change. Yep. That's that's my own personal opinion. (laughs) Um, And I will say too that I used to be afraid to have this conversation. I don't know what the stigma was for me, but there was a lot of fear in having this conversation. There used to be for me. uh, But I had an aunt. She's called me Little One. Come on, Little One, sit down. I want to talk about this. And she got me together. And from that day on, you, you know, that fear was, was gone. But I digress. Family, I'm not here to talk about me. Okay. We are here to learn some things. So the first question I will ask is, why is it important for us to have life insurance?
3: Oh, my goodness. For so many reasons. Well, for one, again, after thanking everybody for being here, it's one of the top ways and actually America's best kept secret on creating first generational wealth. Um, I was talking Mm -hmm. to a few clients of mine last week and they were saying, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not my kids, I've raised them and I'm not going to leave all this money behind for people to get rich off. of my." And that's just, it was so sad to hear because so many other cultures, um, different than the African-American community, they set their children up for generations to come, you know, the children's Mm -hmm. children kind of mindset. And that's just, it's just, it means everything to them to make sure that there's some money somewhere, there's property somewhere so that their families are their heirs can have a head start and not so much in our, in our communities. There's a lot of mistrust, um, a lot of secrecy and mm-hmm. all of those things, but life insurance is absolutely important because it secures income that you don't get a chance to earn. Mm-hmm. And many people depend on that. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say that many of us have been born to win, but programmed to lose because we mm-hmm. were taught that insurance is just for the funeral, you know, just have a nice repast and get a nice singer to come and, and we're going to lay them out. Um, and then after the funeral is over and everything's paid, we've got two little ones who are dependent or people in the house who are under 18 or 21 who still got to get on with their lives and they were dependent on that breadwinner. So it's important that we replace our income. That's Can what I please about. tell you, I still hear
1: that. I still hear that from family, from my, you know, family members with whom I share a bloodline. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just make sure, you know, the funeral can be taken care of.
3: Yep. Yep. And yeah. there's, two, there's really two financial tragedies in life. You could die too soon or live too long. Um, and at either end of the spectrum, you're going to need to have a pile of money sitting at, either way you go in order to make sure that our family and our legacy carries on.
2: So...
1: Mm. Hmm. I want to take a moment because family, I do see your comments. I sure do. And I want to acknowledge that I see your comments. Ms. Rosalind, she is extending her gratitude to everybody for everybody's prayers because she said her health is coming along in the positive. And for that, we all are eternally grateful. So uh, she's sharing with everyone. Flowers, She says, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you so much for your prayers. Heather Wilson is joining us. Hi there. She's sending love to the Word family. It's one of my boops. Hi there, mama. And Harold, Harold Sprittle shares, good evening, ladies. He also shares, I just looked her up. Is her office in Glenside? Yep,
3: that's where my <laughs> office is. I'm in Glenside, yes. Yep, that's where I've been at. Been there 20 years, since about... <sighs> or unofficially 1998, but officially since about 2009, I've been in Glenside.
1: Yep. Wow. Nice. Like, so you. when I was sharing that, you know, you all were coming to talk with us about some financial unknowns, what would you say are some of the more common financial unknowns that people face for which they should prepare?
3: Well, financial houses have to be built like any other infrastructure from the ground up. And you have to stabilize the what ifs. What if I pass away? What if I lose my job? What if they close my department? What if I become disabled? What if I um, pass away today and I didn't leave the proper paperwork behind with the names of people? Are they on the deed? Are they on the mortgage? How does that work? Are they on the account? And so stability comes from taking care of the things you can't control. I mean, none of us is promised tomorrow. And so you have to stabilize that by making sure that either way it goes, there's a plan in place. And what I find, Carol, is that a lot of people have products, but they don't have a plan. It just doesn't make sense. You're paying things and you own this and you own that, but it doesn't add up to anything. It's just my mom said I should get one or I should have this or I should have that. But it doesn't gel together to create an infrastructure Mm -hmm. that one From the next generation could follow like where's the book in the house that says here are my passwords here's the account information here's how you log in here's where the important papers are and because of the secrecy and the mistrust within our communities we don't have those those tough conversations so we got papers all over the house we've got things under mattresses and safes when Mm. people don't have the combination to them and now you've got grief And you still have to deal with the financial obligations when someone passes away. So you don't want to grieve and be broke. Trust me.
1: Oh, Oh, we have a question from one of our family members, Eric. Eric is sharing. Hey, Dr. Z and Mrs. Harris, welcome. I know quite a few people who don't have a spouse, siblings or extended family members who is going to bury them and handle their
3: personal affairs and belongings. What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, I, I would say, You you must show yourself friendly. You got to find somebody um, or some entity. Like some people leave the proceeds of their estate to their church or a charity of some sort um, in order to, you know, make sure that they pass on some sort of legacy or some contribution in some way. But everybody needs somebody. Nobody is an island. Um, I hear Mm -hmm. a lot of people say, I just don't trust anybody. As a matter of fact, I have recently had a situation just by way of example where a gentleman had family that he didn't trust. Mm-hmm. And so when, when he was asked who's the beneficiary, he said, my estate. He refused to name anyone. And so now we're in a six to nine month litigation with an attorney and all the things just for her to open his children, to open the estate, be able to conduct business. Meanwhile, the bills are still coming in. The oh. mortgage is still needed to be paid. So my recommendation to the person who asked that question is you got to find somebody. There's got to be someone um that you develop a relationship with over 18 um sure. that, will, that will carry out your wishes get official documents like trusts and powers of attorney to make sure that your wishes are carried out to to a T but to allow the government who doesn't know your family personally to kind of get in your affairs and make decisions on your behalf without knowing your heart the really really tough spot to be in is it ever too early to begin preparing Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you said that. I meet with a lot of millennials, my my favorite group, my millennials who I adore. Um, <laughs> but they're often, you know, I'm too young for that. They have this I'll live forever mentality. And let me just put this in the atmosphere for whoever logged in. Life insurance is a matter of watch this age and health in perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. So, so mm. I have I have people under 30 who don't qualify for life insurance because they have a terminal illness. So they're young, but they're not healthy. Oh, wow. Right. So I've got people don't realize this. some people with felonies, difficult to insure. Type two diabetics on insulin, difficult to insure. Um, People who have cancer history in the past 10 years, you know, like everybody has a medical credit score. So when I go with purchase a car, purchase a home, they run my credit and they determine Whether I am standard, above standard, or it's the same thing in the insurance world. There's something called the MIB, the Medical Information Bureau. And in 90 seconds, any insurer can pull up 10 years of your past medical history, just like that. And so you may say, you may get in front of your professional and say, oh, I don't take the medicine, I feel fine. But if your chart says it was prescribed for you, it could absolutely impact your insurability, um, whether you get insured or not, or what you pay. And so the, my advice right off the bat is that you need to be young and healthy when you purchase certain financial products, life insurance being one of them. You need to secure, you need to grow into the coverage. So people that say to me, well, I don't have kids and I don't have a house. But well, what you have is your age and your health. Mm-hmm. And you intend to purchase a home and you intend to bear children or start a family or adopt. So why, why would you wait um, till you're 46 to get a half a million at a hundred a month when you can get it for 35? Mm -hmm. lock it in Mm -hmm. and it stays level as you grow into my mother used to buy shoes for me that were a little too big Mm -hmm. so that I would eventually grow into them. Right. It's the same thing with our financial purchases. So you're never too young.
1: (laughs) OMG.
3: Lord. I mean, you know,
1: when we have these conversations, like you're saying things, That I know, but it all feels so heavy. I tell you, it just feels like so much when we talk about it. And I'm sure that's why a lot of us run from the conversation. We shy away from it. But again, it's necessary. Dr. Z, um, I'm glad we have you here because you can help us navigate this for those of us Mm -hmm. who find this too heavy. (laughs) For those of us that, you know... Have some difficulty having these mm-hmm. conversations. Uh, one of our, another one of our family members uh, has a comment. Nasir shares, "Good evening, Doctor Z and Mrs. Harris. Do you think having a tax annuity while working? uh Oh, I think it got cut off. I think it was cut off. Nasir, if there was okay. a remainder to the question,
3: okay. But but in general, we want to take advantage of all tax shelters that we can possibly find, and mm-hmm. and and sometimes people." I don't want to, I want to say this properly since we're on live national air. You know, they think of life insurance as a tax shelter and there's so much miseducation and red tape about mm-hmm. how life insurance is supposed to work. And we'll get into that as you guide the conversation. But there are many tax shelters. The first level of defense against or protecting oneself against taxes is to max out anything that is provided by a professional up to the match, right? So if you have a, an employer or a place where you work that will match you dollar for dollar, say up to 6%, right? Mm -hmm. If you're able and financial able, financially able to do that, you want to put in as much as they're matching you dollar for dollar, because to not do that would be to leave money on the table. But -hmm. let's say I have some folks out there saying, well, I want to save 10%, but they only match up to six. Well, you match up to six and the additional four, you create your own tax shelter outside of the job by means of an IRA or a traditional Roth, either one. I always mm-hmm. use this example, and this I like to speak in pictures. So you know how in our veins the blood looks blue; it might yeah. not be blue, but it's a deeper form of red, and we don't—it doesn't turn that bright red until we get a cut, right? Mm-hmm. So just imagine that the the IRA is the vein through which mutual funds and annuities and financial products flow through, and so we want to stick all of our products in tax shelters so the government doesn't cut us, and we mm-hmm. don't. If that makes sense, so match the job as much as they're putting on the table, and then you create. Listen, an IRA is simply a four hundred one k you do at home. There are sections of tax law that you can create on your own, and after which you max out any tax shelters that are available to you, Um, and then then you have um, other financial products that you can use in order to gain significant rates of return.
1: Um, You know, I'm I'm so glad you explained that to us. Thank you so much because I was going to ask you to break that down. And I've never had anyone say it so with such simplicity. So thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, so right. Sophia, Sophia So So Wood shares this is the conversation that no one wants to have, but is so needed. It yeah. is so much needed. And she also shared about a Roth IRA. So That's she
3: amazing. Senator Roth came up with that back in the '90s, and he said when people take their money out of retirement, they should not have a tax experience. They're preparing for the future. You need anywhere from half a million dollars to a million dollars to walk away from your job. And so if people are going to be funding these accounts with after-tax dollars, let's just make sure when we pull them out, it remains tax-free. That was a game changer mm-hmm. um, for many people who are trying to figure out what 65 and 70 is going to look like. Um, and, and the good news is in my office, um, you can start a mutual fund or an IRA with as little as 25 a month. I think the lack of education it causes us to be intimidated unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. twenty five a month for the cost of an eyelash pill or a fingernail, don't right for your monthly Starbucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, your weekly, because if in a week you could spend more than $25 right. at
3: Starbucks,
1: right? In a day you can spend in more a than day, Starbucks. How about that? Like, come
2: on. How about and, that? And what okay. I
3: realize is that people have the money. I remember my mother would sit money on the dresser. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. would say, Mom, can I have some money? And she would say, I don't have any money. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the money's on the dresser. And what she was saying was, I don't have the money for what you're asking.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know,
3: and so when people say I don't have the money, I don't believe them all the time because you do have money for what you want to spend it on. Mm-hmm. Like Starbucks, like, like bundles yep. and all the things.
1: What? Listen, because I I sure enough get my my matcha latte. I get my green
3: right On a good winter morning. What? What?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay, there's always money for a matcha latte. I understand. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness, family. Hey there. I am talking with you and to you. If you have just joined us, welcome. How about that? You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Reddick right here on WURD. It's Thursday. And you know what we do on Thursdays? We talk with Dr. Z because it's Thursdays with Dr. Z. Well, she has brought a new family member. Our Harris is here with us and she is sharing with us about financial literacy. Y'all, do you hear me? Listen, you better pay attention. <laughs> I know you have some questions. I know you do. You may even have a comment. Whatever it is, I'm inviting you to share it. And you can do so by either calling us, you can do that by dialing 215-634-8065. You can even call us toll free at 866 361 And you know, you can always share your comments on our socials. I promise I will do my best to read it aloud. I promise I will. Um, to that point, Nasir shares that Thank you. That was the answer he was looking for. That was just the answer he was looking for. And Jasmine, the stylist Elliot shares, hey family. Thank (laughs) you. That's my daughter. (laughs) Well, hey child. (laughs) I know that's right. Hey
3: family. (laughs) Yes. And Harold asks, Do you do wills? I do. I do. I actually have a program um, that can provide Wills, powers of attorney, advanced directors for very nominal costs. Um, And so if I'll give my information contact at the end and then he can reach mm-hmm. out. I would love to talk to
1: him. Please. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I'd be loved it. Ms. Rosalind shares that people are so much into materialistic stuff that they forget the value of saving and preparing mm-hmm. for the future. Yes. You know, the one thing that saddens me is that it's like, you know, we've all, we're all in agreement that it's a necessary conversation, but it's not one that we have as mm-hmm. often as we should. Yep. And I know we have anxiety associated with it. And Dr. Z, I was alluding to that a little bit mm-hmm. earlier, but we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, Dr. Z, if you would talk with us about how we can, you know, develop a level of comfort Mm -hmm. When broaching this matter with our family members, that would be so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so helpful. (laughs) You know, so helpful. So, family, stay with us. Know that the phone lines are open and feel free to continue to comment on our socials because we are coming right back. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media.
1: Back, hello there, family. Welcome back. Welcome to Love and Life with Carol Riddick, right here on WURD. It's Thursdays with Doctor Z, so we're talking with Doctor Zanita Driver and Aronessa Harris. We're talking about financial literacy. So, listen up, listen up, Doctor Z. Before the yes. commercial break, I was asking you if you would help us. Uh, you know, just 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 give us a little help about how to broach this conversation, and you know. <laughs> Ease.
2: You know, it's funny when we talk about this idea of anxiety, it's the idea that we struggle to stay in the moment, right? That we're thinking about the future, we're worrying about the future. But when we talk about this idea around life insurance and preparing for the unexpected, we do a great job of staying in the moment because I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to. Think about that. So we can stay in a moment there, which is interesting. We struggle to stay in a moment in other times. But one of the ways in which we want to do our best to have these conversations is to take the abnormalcy out of it, right? It's normal. It's a part of life. It's something that we all are going to experience whether we like it or not. So I think the first thing is we have to break that stigma. We have to break that idea that this is not a conversation we should have and make mm-hmm. it a part of our life, make it a normal thing. And I think it's also important to have family meetings about it, to talk about it, to plan. You know, I think that the a lot of it is planning when we think something is going to happen or trying mm-hmm. to deal with it when the issue comes. But if we talk about it like we should do our finances, like we talk about dating and what are the hard topics that we need to talk about in dating that we've talked about in the past. I think mm-hmm. this topic has to be one of those conversations. What do we do if something happens? What are the things that we need to think about? What are the things that we need to put in place? So I think to answer your question, Carol, one, it's the idea of not staying in a moment. It's about thinking forward in a positive way about the future. Two, not making an abnormal thing because extremely it's extremely normal. And three, scheduling meaningful times with our families to talk about mm-hmm. what it is that we need to think about as it relates to taxes and insurance and investment funds.
1: That makes so much sense. So much sense. Thank you for that. Miss um, Julie, hi there, our beloved. Uh, she shares just as the Senegalese have that traditional touch of preparing lavender pastries to soothe the nerves, fibers during elevation of emotions, during transformation cycles of grief. This has been the needed conversation about tax shelter securities. Thank yeah. you so much. So much. And David, he shares tax shelter annuity. He said, I'm just going to put that out there. Smitty, <laughs> hi there for joining us. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. He's sending some love to all the family and friends. And David Detrain Scott. Hi there. Welcome to the conversation. He shares a living will is needed. Family also need to know where documents are in the event of your death.
3: Yep. How about that? I create a legacy binder or I'm in the process of creating a legacy binder for each one of my clients. And is that it's a a dedicated, intentional binder with sheets in it and all kind of the plastic ones. You can make it as pretty or as simple as you like, but it's somewhere, it's a book where everything is passwords, account numbers, who's the name of the attorney for the family? Where do I find this? Where do I find that? Is your name on the account? Who's my power of attorney? What, what are my wishes if I become mm-hmm. incapacitated? Do, do they do a blood transfusion or not? All of those things have to, you got to work while it's day. So you have to make those decisions while you're in soundness of mind before someone else has to make them for you. And families gather for everything, baby showers, bridal showers, gender reveals, right. I mean, anything we can do to get around some chicken and some food and <laughs> some conversation But if you, uh, sadly, if you call a meeting to talk about finances, who's going to take care of grandma and where are we going to put the and whose name is on the property? And it's so much infighting. And and Mm -hmm. and let me just put this in the atmosphere: the definition of responsible is the ability to respond. Mm. So, so if you're not able to respond, you're not response able. I don't care how old you are. If you if you if you're driving a vehicle and your deductible is a thousand and you crash your car and you don't have $1,000, you're unable to respond.
2: So you're irresponsible. And you know what, to jump in with that, uh, Erin, and when we talk about the ability to respond it's also finding that designee who is that person in our family yeah. that when grief happens or if we're experiencing something that may cause a high level of emotion this is the person in our family that we know can do their best to hold it together yeah they're going to still struggle yeah they're still going to grieve but they'll be able to have the emotional maturity needed in that moment yeah. to help facilitate what needs to be done so i think who do we pick to do that, to orchestrate mm-hmm. this? Um, it's mm-hmm. also pivotal when we talk about having this tough conversation. And, and I don't even want to call it a tough conversation anymore. I would say just having the conversation. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Just have the conversation. Right? Because yeah. that well, tough word makes it it makes it makes uncomfortable. It makes it sound abnormal. It's just a necessary conversation.
1: Me- My yep. grandmother would always say death is a part of life. It is. It's an, so talking about it is a conversation. That's all it is. It's just That's a conversation. Yep. And and she would take the stress out of it. I I'm, I will say this because my family used to meet about everything. We used to meet about it. And we, in my generation, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the generation before us, we met about everything. Yeah, And I loved it. When I was a little girl, well, I was the little secretary. I, <laughs> <Yeah. putting notes. laughs> I did. I sure did. I was the secretary. But my family that we met about everything. And, and that's something I, I truly do miss. I, now that we're talking about all of this, because I can tell you right now, I, I haven't designated that person and I need to get on top of it. I, I, de- I, I'm listen, y'all know. How be I transparent. Am, I, listen. Yeah. That's But that family knows that I am. And I am, you know, uh, I'm accepting this responsibility right now because it's something that I definitely need to handle. And because I find myself in the position of being the caregiver, taking care of more and more family members. So, I know I need to get it together because,
2: you know. And you know what, Carol, as you say that too, many families are not having family dinner at the table, right? We're not right. sitting down anymore as a family, many families, some still do, but there's a lot that don't. So when we think about sitting down at the table now, when you sat down at the table, Carol, it was everyone meeting at the table for a good it time, was. for a Fellowship for interaction. Yeah. Now, thinking about having to come to the table to have this conversation also makes it seem abnormal because we've lost that meaning in a lot of families. Yeah, yeah my family we had meetings. My family we had my family would have a once a month. Yeah,
1: we it wasn't. I mean, it was you know, on we, the also, we had birthday. So my family we had birthday parties for every zodiac sign, so that nobody was left out. Uh-huh. But we had a family meeting once a month where yeah. everything discuss business in churches like, they used to call it
2: everybody's birthday is that what they Yeah, call? everybody's <laughs> birthday that's everybody's right that's right birthday. Dr. C that's right One big <laughs> is party. that what they yeah, yeah, yeah we had every we
1: Zodiac it. sign had a birthday party I, yeah. I missed those too but in any event so what would you say are some of the 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 um more common misconceptions about life insurance
3: so I I like to again I speak in word pictures so insurance mm-hmm. is protection Mm -hmm. protection against the unknown, the what if, you know, and it's specifically about life insurance. But let's just talk about insurance in general. Let's do a bird's eye view and kind of narrow it down. Right. So when you think about car insurance, let me just put Mm -hmm. it out here. When I make my car insurance premium, it is sold in six month increments, most policies, January to June, July to December, let's just say. Mm -hmm. And if I, so that's a period of time, it's a term. Now, if I don't crash my car, injure a pedestrian, nothing goes wrong, are any of my premiums refunded? Mm. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. would like to think that, but I don't get my money back if I don't use yeah, this coverage. Just like exactly. one of the things you pay. Same with health insurance. It's, it's sold annually. That's a term. It's open enrollment. And if you don't get sick or you don't go to the doctor, Your employer does not refund you those premiums. You're not looking for any. You can look for them, but you know not to expect any. somebody. And so we don't look at our car insurance or our health insurance as a place to save money. So why do we look at our life insurance like that? How about that? Just put that into the atmosphere. I got people walking around all the time saying, you know, I had this policy for all these years. What do I get back? Well, you didn't get anything back from your health insurance. You didn't get anything back from your car insurance. So why is this the expectation? So this this notion that I'm supposed to stack dollars in a policy and guess what? One day I can take it out and use it. I can borrow against it. It's flag number one. Borrow means debt. Debt Mm -hmm. stands for don't even buy that. Debt means you owe. Right? So why would you put yourself in a situation where when life is happening, you have to create another loan from what's supposed to be for your legacy or your future? Okay. And then people are going to argue with me. I don't think life insurance is a forever need. Why do we need it permanently? OK, mm. so there's the big debate and I'm willing to get into the ring because I'm passionate about whole life versus term and which one is the better one. I mean, you've heard it on every station, everywhere. Right. So let me just put my, my two cents in the ring and then I'll come off the mic. OK, so the average male lives to age 78 the average female to 85, a whole life contract goes to age 100. So the Mm. industry knows from mortality tables that most people won't make it to 100. Are we clear? Mm -hmm. So so the big misconception is, wow, how can I get 100 years of premiums from somebody who's only going to make it 85 years? Mm. How can I get that other 15 years out of them in order to make the right? So what typically happens is you are overcharged for the cost of insurance to create a smoke screen that you're saving money. And so really what looks like a return is nothing more than you getting back your change. That's awful. That's awful. So and watch. So now I had a client and I think stories, you know, really, really paint the picture. I ran into a friend of mine. We went to grade school together who had mm-hmm. made the decision to pay 569 a month for a life insurance contract. $569. $569. So we stand outside of Delisandre. We talk, what you do, what you do, how you been. So I told him what I do. He says, I'm paying five sixty. I said, why would you do that? I said, I don't mean to insult you. Well, why would you do that? And he said to me, well, it's because, you know, up the road, I could pull it out. I could use it for real estate. I could use it as a living benefit. So I just took out my old trusty calculator. If I may right now, $569 a month times 12 is $6,800 a month, a year, a year. So I said to him, well, do you have a retirement set up? Do you have? Oh, no, I don't have that yet. So you don't have any tax shelter going on to, to create a return on your money, the whole bit. He says, no. I said, well, how much is the policy? What's the death benefit? He said one hundred and eighty thousand. I said, so you pay five sixty nine for one hundred and eighty thousand of protection. He said, yeah, I said, let me bring the policy to me. So I read it to him. He did not read that for the first three to five years. There was nothing Mm -hmm. in the savings part. So if I take sixty eight hundred and multiply it by three, that's an investment of twenty thousand to Mm -hmm. check the savings to find zero. Mm. That's a problem. Okay. He didn't realize, Carol, that if he ever pulled money out of the savings side, it reduced the death benefit. Uh huh. So now uh-huh. my living affects my dying. And then if you want to restore the death benefit, you have to pay higher premiums because it's a loan against your own money. So now you're charging me an interest rate on what I funded. And here's the big bombshell upon my death, you keep the savings rather than transfer them to my loved one. Wait a what? minute. I'm, fr- I'm sorry, what? So, what I was able to do for him was he's in his upper 40s, we're almost 50. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing because I put on my red lipstick tonight so nobody would tell. I'm like, listen, listen. Okay, it, did I do all right? Okay. Yes, you did. Okay, good. And so, I was able to sit down with him in about 45 minutes. I was able to increase him to half a million, drop the policy to 160, added his children. And took the other 400 and began to put it in a Roth IRA on a monthly basis. Because the two tragedies in life is you could die too soon or live too long. And most Mm -hmm. insurance agents aren't caring about how you make it in retirement. It's all about if you die. But here's Mm -hmm. another thing. Mm -hmm. Let's flip it. When you get to 65, if mortality tables are correct, you're going to live an additional 20 years. Mm -hmm. So from 65 to 85, you need income. Yeah. So how are you doing that with just social security? And what's you're the purpose not. of having all this insurance while you're living with grown children in a paid off house? When I get a new car, I get full coverage. 30 years from now, when it's a hoopty, I get liability. And make it for the record that wealthy people don't need insurance. They have assets. Mm. How about we focus on making our community self-insured? Why do we think mm. that we have to depend on paying premiums? If I have $500,000 of my own money sitting in an account, that any one of my children can access, and I die without life insurance, well, so what? Because you can take my assets and take care of me, Mm -hmm. right? So life insurance is the purchase of money you haven't saved yet. Once you save it, life insurance is an option. So to that point, what would you say the, the, an average amount
1: uh, an individual should pay for, if, if an individual chooses to have life insurance, what would you suggest that monthly amount be?
3: Um, I think it should be proportionate to your income, number one. I think, you, well, mm-hmm. let me start off the other way. I think you should have five to 10 times your salary in life insurance. So if you make 35000 a year, you should have $350,000 of coverage because that puts your paycheck back on the table for 10 straight years after you're gone. That's the mm-hmm. first thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, I think it depends on so many things that make it difficult to put a number because it depends on height, weight, age.
2: Mm-hmm. It depends mm-hmm.
3: on gender. Um, it depends on income. Um, so, I don't. I, I insured a young lady today who was paying two ten, African American, two children, working hard, uh, making just under a year, Years paying two ten a month for a 210 with no retirement. So, I was able to increase her to three hundred and fifty thousand. Add her children as a rider. Stop putting insurance policies on babies and little kids. They can be riders. It's much less expensive for the family. And her premium jobs dropped, dropped to 93. So now Never. she's got $100 left on the table to start her IRA, which she didn't have prior to our conversation. See, so, when you don't know, you don't know. You don't answer. know.
1: You don't know. Listen, they say when you know better, you do better. You do better. Okay, yeah. That's why we have you here tonight with your red lipstick. Okay. That's exactly why we listen. <laughs> listen, best. listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> yes, yes, you, and it's showing up and showing oh, yeah. out. Finally, listen, we're about to take a short commercial break, but I know. You have questions. I know you do. So the phone lines are still open and feel free to continue to comment on our socials. But whatever you do, stay with us because we're coming right back.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, progressive Black talk media. I think I know.
1: Hello there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD It's Thursdays with Dr. Z and she has brought a new family member, Aronissa Harris, and she is educating us, y'all. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Well, guess what? <laughs> These are some things that we need to know and some things that we definitely need to talk about. Um, I do want to share that our family members are commenting. Joey Dixon is joining us. Hi there, Joey. And he's sending peace, love, and he shares that this great love and life learning center tonight. He's enjoying this. So thank you for that love. Thank you so much, Joey. Um, the beautiful Joanne Dorman is joining us um, and she shares, be grand wherever you can. Okay. I love it. I'm putting that in my pocket. I love Thank it. you for that. Okay. <laughs> and Pastor Daniel Black is joining us. Pastor, I've missed you. Thanks. He shares good evening family. You all know that is Pastor Daniel Black of Gospel Temple Baptist Church. Yes. Yes. That's exactly who he is. And uh, Ms. Rosalind shares so sad that we don't trust family. Why give it back to the state when you worked so hard for that money? Correct. Why? Why do that? She also shares you got to make sure that some paperwork is signed, sealed and delivered in the person's name that you want to handle those properties um, and those important that necessary information. She says, mm-hmm. take care of it. Prepare for your children's future. Prepare. And Eric shares a lot of times people do not want to divulge who the beneficiary is Especially if it's only one person. Mm-hmm. In the real world, people can get angry, greedy, and envious if they don't like the outcome. They yeah. do. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. I and
3: see they, it all do. The
1: time. <laughs> they do. Heavens to Mercury. They do. I still don't understand it though. I mean, we're all leaving here. I don't I just don't understand it. Did, when, I don't understand it. As in any ease of
3: entitlement. People think that they, they're owed, you know, your estate. Um, And I could choose whoever I want to choose that I find responsible or deemed worthy to manage my hard earned dollar. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it it just pulls on us to be more authentic. Don't have people thinking that they're going to get the estate when they're not like even that is part of the conversation. Tell the kids now, if you pick your middle son, you need to tell the oldest son and the baby that you pick the Mm -hmm. middle son, because that'll cut down or it should cut down all the fighting. Don't, because then you're going to blame the middle son for what he knew nothing. You know, mom left it about, to the middle right. son. So if we just talk about that now, while mom is living, then the children can kind of know where she stands and don't walk around. You know. They don't care. I I love love they don't I care. Listen, <laughs> they don't I tried.
1: care. I tried. You did. You sure did. And I love you for it. I sure I do. They don't get, you know, listen. I get it. They don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. I have seen it. Yeah. Uh, we've all had that experience, you know, they, listen, they don't care. All okay. they care about is a dollar and a dime. Wow. Uh, you wow. Know, but in any event, can you talk with us a little bit? I'm looking at the time that I'm trying to get all the information I can from. Okay. It. A little okay. bit about annuities and mutual funds as well.
3: Mutual funds. So, <laughs> You know, you, you talk about my stuff, right? New annuities. Yeah. The best way, the best way to describe an annuity in layman's terms is a lottery winning that you create for yourself. Mm. Notice when people play the lottery, they say, you know, this tax sheltered annuity, the annuity is going to pay out. So mm. all an annuity is, is you create a large, you put money in over time and then you decide the day you're going to hit. And then it pays you an income in reverse from what you accumulated in that account. So it's picking your own lottery. Some of them are variable annuities. Some of them are fixed. You have some people who don't want to get into the market or want to experience any level of volatility. So they will go with a fixed annuity as opposed to something variable where, Mm -hmm. you know, they they kind of roll the dice and and play the market, if you will. I want to take now. Mutual funds since the Great Depression, we're talking about since the 1920s, mutual funds, even with the ups and downs, there have been more bull markets than bear markets. I don't want to talk over your head. A bull market is where there's a period of years where stock prices rise, 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 rise. The market's up. Bear means that it's coming down. Well, in all, in Mm -hmm. the last, I guess 150 years, there have been two thirds more bull markets than bear. And when bear markets come, they only last about 11 and a half months. So the the sum total of that is the market is up more than it's down. And whenever it's down, it's not down for long, even through Mm -hmm. pandemics and wars. But, Mutual mutual funds are where it's like malls. stocks are like buying shares of one company. So if the company does well, you do well. If the company does poorly, you do poorly. Well, a mutual fund is like making a purchase from a mall. We've all been to malls where one store is closed, but the mall stays open.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it
3: spreads the risk around. You're buying shares of the mall. And the little guy that sits there, we call the security office, the information desk, He's watching the stores and who has the most traffic. You don't have the skill to do that. That's why mutual funds come with sales charges and loads because somebody's got to pay that guy to watch them all. And he can see that your account is heavy on the on the Neiman markets, but they didn't make a sale all day. It's Nordstrom that's rocking. So he has mm. the ability to move the fund around. He can move your money and, and shift it in a way that's mm-hmm. beneficial for you. And so he should get paid or she should get paid to do that. Make sense? But let let me just say this. Lastly, for all the people who are expert investors, never been to school, they just watching the news. They say, child, the market is down. Well, let me ask a question. If your favorite purse was on sale at the mall for 50 percent off, would you run away from the mall or to it? You probably Mm. make your way to the mall because what used to be 300 for one is now 100. So you can get three bags for one. So when we hear. In the midnight hour that the market is down, that means what used to be $80 a share is now 8 You mm-hmm. better get to the market, not mm-hmm. away from it. So we got uneducated people here, and the market's down, and they're running from it when they should be running to it. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple stuff. That, that takes You make mission. it sound so simple, Erinessa. You it's, make it sound. Yeah, simple. thank you. It's super simple. <laughs> it's super, simple. It's
1: super oh. simple. You do. I'm sitting here like, mm hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you got to do it. I tell you, I tell family. So you see, we have about two minutes remaining. Okay, Okay. two minutes remaining. I know you've got a comment, a question, or something. Well, you know what? I will leave it up to Dr. Z and Aranissa. How about that? If there's anything um, with which you will leave us tonight that we can take out,
2: I'll take six seconds. I just think that it's so important why, as Aaronessa, we just need to have these conversations and we need to talk about it um, because it's so important. And um, thank you, Aaronessa, for coming and educating our community today. Um, And hopefully our listeners take this information and have those meaningful conversations with their families. I hope so, too.
3: I want to take a minute to shout out all my family and friends. First, I want to shout out uh, my husband and my pastor, Pastor Marvin Harris from the St. Philip's Baptist Church. Um, he's right. been pastor in two and a half years. We're right down there on Sixth Street between Gerard and Thompson. Uh, that is where we worship, and we've also been blessed in 2015 to found the Money Clinic, which is my true passion. Um, and we exist to educate faith-based organizations about what the Bible says about money. So pastors and and ministry leaders bring us in to come and do a workshop: two hours of Bible study, two hours of practical education. And we we've discovered that there are there's a spiritual problem going on. When someone looks in a closet full of clothes and shoes, has mm. no retirement, and yet still orders more. <gasps> see, that's what we see. You right. just said a whole lot right there.
1: You right? understand. You know okay. that, right? You just told half of our business. I you understand. just you know <laughs> that, right? You just <laughs> told some half tone. of everybody. Yes. Yes, you should just told it. I mean, oh, so eloquently. But on. before wait. I, I have to say this because one of our guests asked earlier, and we just had a caller ask, what is your phone number and location? I cannot yes. let you leave. And- and Harold said, "Is she coming back?" Okay. <laughs> I would love so to. So, will you please please come back to visit with us? I would love to. I'd be honest. And will you will you please tell us your the number at which you can be reached? Okay, here's location. my number.
3: I'm going to say it real slow. It's 267-278-4533. Seven, seven, three, three. And one more time for the people in the back of the room, <laughs> 267 278 4533 Three, three. you can text me, you can call me, leave a message, I'll get back to you. Um, but I'm just so grateful. Dr. Z is my sister. We just connect, you know, you just connect with people, like, right <laughs> off the bat. We didn't have any upswing. It was like, boom. We and did, we've been and working. Listen. You understand? Well, first, because listen. from South Philly like I'm me? Going to ex- I'm one? going to
1: text you, Aaronessa. So listen. Oh. I'm texting, and wait, Harold, put your address, he said, 115 East Glendside east Avenue. Thank you, Harold. Harold <laughs> said, don't play. He said, listen, I am not new to this. I am true to it. And on, Harold, this, that's what we do here. That's what we do here, <laughs> so family. Wonderful. So the family has already agreed. We're in agreement that we need okay. to have you come back, Aronissa, because awesome. we need to get our finances in order, okay? We need to yes get, ma'am. no, we need to get our legacy binders, yes okay?
3: Ma'am. That's what we that's all what need. What legacy binder. Well, did I say it? And we what? all need a I... 100 envelope savings challenge where you could. I got all kinds oh, no. of okay. Stuff. Well, you got to come back and tell okay. So, <laughs> you just definitely
1: so you have to come back and tell okay. I wrote down legacy binder because come that's on. weird. Listen, mm-hmm. Malcolm, Harold, Joanne, um, Alfredia, everybody okay. Alfredia said loud claps okay, with a standing <laughs> ovation Aww. to Aranissa. Okay, Thank so Aranissa <laughs> had a whole name. Okay, Amenisa Harris. That's My what she's over me. Yes. Family. Okay, so you already know. Look at me. I've got lost in time. Praise yes. God. Just <laughs> praise God from whom praise all blessings Lord, flow. I'm you. Thank you all. Oh, thank you every, to every single guest that we had tonight. Thank you to all of you that have commented on our socials, that have called in, that have sent love, that wanted, you know, all of that good stuff. Uh, thank you for sharing your time, your energy, your space, your knowledge, your spirit, your attention with us. Happy birthday once again to all of our love.
0: You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.